And now, introducing your We Like Sports podcast, standing at guard. He is six foot one, weighing in at eight grams. This is Riggs, standing at your other guard from the Freedom Mason College, Keith Migra. Standing at forward, he's six foot, Peyton Vince. Standing at center, he is the professional one, Parker Pierce. And our producer, Tyler Piggott. Hello and welcome everybody to another edition of the We Like Sports Podcast. Live from Hooligans Gym here, a part of the KM Voice family. We have the professional Parker Pierce here. We have myself, Riggs, and we have Mr. Peyton Vince. Also, Keith Miger is out filming a movie being Mr. Hollywood, but he's holding it down for the KM Voice family and he everybody told me it here. was a porno. Well, according to that mustache, it might be. <laughs> yes. Damn. Got him. That's where, <laughs> that's where Beavers lives. Um, we got we got a great show today. We're gonna talk Browns. I'm gonna throw in some Pittsburgh Steelers talk. I know me being a diehard Browns fan, I have some questions. You're about just coming that. around. It's all right. No, 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 I'm not. I just have some questions about the Pittsburgh Steelers and the remaining bits of their schedule of the year. We want to thank everybody for joining us here I on Facebook I don't Live. Think people becoming Pittsburgh Steelers fans means they're coming around. I think it means they're coming out. Oh, <laughs> man. Oh, my goodness. We're trying to have a nice show here. I'm trying to produce it to the best of my ability. Oh, are you? And you're just being a complete C word of what the roosters do. Understood. Oh, that okay. one. Okay. <laughs> the other C word. Right. At first, I was like, okay. No, like we're the doodle do. But we're, this is Wednesday, not Tuesday. No, mm-hmm. I'm talking about the doodle do, though. Yeah, I, we get it. All right. I'm just specifying. But, anyways, guys, welcome to the Wheelix Sports Podcast once again. Peyton, Riggs, Parker. That just rolled off the top of my tongue. But anyways, we do have tons of Browns football-related news. We have NFL-related news with the trade deadline coming up soon. We do have Baseball World Series. Um, Specifically, Game 4 we are going to end up talking about. We talked about it briefly at First Stop Bar in Parma on Sunday. Again, we'll be doing it once again on Sunday, First Stop. Parker, where at in Parma is it at again? Since you could let the people know it in is, case they want to jump just, in. It's about five blocks south of Brook Park Road, right on State Road in Parma. Come up for Sunday. We got $2 off the Bro Man Burger. Also check out on Wednesdays. Perfect place to watch the We Like Sports podcast. Well, maybe not. We, we got closed captioning, so you'll be able to read it. But 25 cent wings on Wednesday nights. Can't beat that deal. First stop in Parma. Okay, and there we go. So again, first uh, Parma this Sunday once again. But we did mention the World Series uh, briefly. Then we actually had a special guest, Gypsy Freebird, on. That was a that was a time, a statistical time, Great the time. best way to say it. But again, I mean, you never know who might show up on this Sunday pregame show. Thanks for tuning in twice a week now, making it official. But enough of the thank youness, all the kindness. Now it's time to get into sports derivative. I don't know why I'm using big words, but today I am. But anyway, derivative exactly. D e r i v i t. That's it. <laughs> is that for real? I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna <laughs> Google that when we go on break. I e d at the end. All right. Anyways, it's not spelling class. Sports type. <laughs> All right. Anyways, the tip off though, we did mention it. Like I said last Sunday at first step, if and not if more so when. 
these players get selected, who would you rather build your team around? Collegiate football quarterbacks, Justin Fields, or Trevor Lawrence? That's something to ponder on. I mean, either way, personally, I'm going to take this one first. If I'm trying to build a team around a specific quarterback, it's not Trevor Lawrence. For him being a college quarterback, he is way too picky. He's very similar to who was pulling the same stuff last year that whoever had the number one overall pick. He didn't, I think it was Trevor Lawrence last year, too, mm-hmm. to be honest. He's always consistently in there with the drama. I think Joe Burrow is also one that was kind of iffy on going to Cincinnati at first, but look where he's at now. Yep. He's a superstar quarterback with a bad team. But you have this whole entire situation that Trevor Lawrence is just wanting the drama. I get you want to be on a good team, but good teams do not select within the first 10 picks. Exactly. Unless if it's a trade that you kind of see with Miami and Houston this year. Uh, I mean, to to be honest with you, you know who Trevor Lawrence, his decision to not come out for the draft last year, and you know, and you're not talking about you're, come out. And, and, and I'm and I'm a little worried about it because I mean, you, you never know what can happen in that extra year of football. I mean, you're not getting paid anything to be a collegiate athlete. You have the chance to go number one overall last year, or at least you know top five. You know, you've been picked for Miami at least if if you know Joe Burrow ended up being number one selected. But I mean. Look at Dak Prescott. He held out on this contract, and now he's going into next year with no contract. Big time. time. Yeah, like you never know what can happen that extra year. If you got the talent to come out as a first overall pick or a top five pick as a junior, you got to take it, especially with, you know, the NCAA being as fickle as they are with not paying their players. Yep. Me personally, if I was to pick who I'm building my team around amongst the two, I'm going to have to go with Justin Fields. That, that's who I'm going yes, with. Yes, I like how Justin Fields looks, no pun intended, on the field. I love how his release of the flick of the wrist, how he lets a football go. It looks easy for him. It's like riding a bike. You know, it's just it comes natural for him, and I like that. And I feel like he's a little bit more athletic than Trevor Lawrence. I could be wrong, and, but I'm going. That's my honest to god gut opinion. If he wasn't a Buckeye, I, I will still pick Justin. And, and we're seeing this the type of success over the last two seasons that you know a guy like Justin Fields, you know, an impact player not only with his arm but with his feet as well, is having an effect on the NFL. You know, I mean, look at look at how much. Uh, you know, Lamar Jackson broke out last year. Look at Patrick Mahomes the year before. And even this year, Kyler Murray absolutely breaking out, using his legs, using his arm. And those dual-dimension quarterbacks are kind of becoming a norm in the NFL. And I think everybody's like, they're afraid to pass up on, I think, a guy like that. Well, here's the thing, though. So, Ohio State played who, Nebraska last week? Yes, sir. Yes. So, I actually kind of took it not so much watching it as a Buckeye fan, but I was paying attention to the little things and doing what most media people do. I broke it down just from watching it as the plays were developing and whatnot. But the thing is, is with Justin Fields, he's very... You could compare the two similar to, like, Baker Mayfield because Baker likes getting out of the pocket at times and he never trusted his offensive line. What's the one failure that is always with Baker Mayfield this year? Troy specifically talked about this over and over again when he's been on. But Baker isn't trusting his offensive line. Justin Fields, on the other hand, when that one game, when I actually paid attention to from just a performance standpoint, he trusted his offensive line. He wasn't squirming around out there, and he ran the ball when he had to. Mm -hmm. He He scrambled when he needed to, but he also stayed within the pocket. And also, I mean, what, Ohio State, he went 21 of 22 attempts that game, too, and the one incompletion was a deflection in the end zone because the one wide receiver had his legs taken out from underneath. 
Justin Fields is the guy that you would want to pretty much build your team around, specifically if you're looking like, uh, who's your number one overall pick this year? The Jets, probably. If you look at the Jets, the Dolphins, um, you name any bad teams, the Eagles are even up there, too. That would be just from the standpoint that teams that you could have that dual threat and trust your line and not scramble and force passes. I like that. And not to piggyback off what you said, but a quarterback not trusting his offensive line, that smells, that's no chemistry, that's dangerous because your offensive line, you're su- they're supposed to protect the quarterback at all costs. Those are your big brothers. Those are your guardians. Those are your gladiators, your front line, your shieldmen. And if you can't trust them, you're going to be just a sitting duck out there. But, and I, I hate to like jump jump the gun a little early on this because I know we're going to talk a lot about it later with OBJ getting hurt. But what, when OBJ went down, Baker just seemed like he was more focused on reading the entire field, reading the way his offensive line would break down, reading the routes that you know his second and third wide receivers. He was making better reads altogether because I don't think he had he wasn't you know as a quarterback you can't be. Even 30, 40% focused on just one of your offensive teammates. As a quarterback, you have to see the entire field. you got to see everybody almost equally. And I think once Odell went, went down, Baker almost got more comfortable and was just able to see the field better. And it showed in his success of throwing you know 23 straight uh, completions. So Not for that all week, yes. The best comparison I could say with the way that Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham Jr. works together it's video game-wise. If you're playing man and you're doing my career and you are the wide receiver option, I don't know about you, but when I'm playing a game, I want to focus specifically on my position. If I'm quarterback, I'm passing the ball almost all the time because oh, yeah. I I want the most padded stats. Yes, that's so, a video game. Right, exactly. And I'm pretty sure you're playing either on semi-pro or rookie, but <laughs> uh, actually mediocre. But anyways, um, that's not a setting. That's what I'm saying. Not. Yeah, that's <laughs> like... So anyways, though, what it seems like with Odell Beckham Jr. is his thought process is calling for the ball all the time. Waving, I'm open, I'm open, I'm open. Every single pass attempt, he wants to be targeted. That's the Odell Beckham Jr. way, it seems like. Baker Mayfield, on the other hand, he sees that, and that's his first read, and that's he's forcing the ball when he should Mm -hmm. be looking at... Your Jarvis Landry's, your Donovan People Jones, your Hollywood Higgins. Yeah, your I think Higgins. Hollywood. I think I think your Harrison Bryant's even. Harrison mm-hmm. Bryant. Shout out to the rookie being rookie of the year with those two touchdown grabs. He had a great performance, uh, especially in a week when you know you got a Pro Bowl tight end Austin Hooper down with uh, appendicitis, and, and for him to step up as a rookie. I think that's showing that, you know, the, the it, he wasn't a fluke in training camp. Mm-mm. His teammates actually voted him as the most impressive rookie in, in all training camp this year. But also and at the same time. it's starting to show in the real, uh, in the real uh, regular season. There was some hesitation when he was the standout rookie because they weren't playing anybody for the time right. being. Exactly. They weren't playing anybody whatsoever. So the thing is, is if your teammates are speaking highly of you, Let's be honest. If we go out besides you, Parker, because you don't like me, but if Riggs comes out and he's talking about the podcast, he's going to be talking Keith up. He's going to be talking you up. He's going to be talking Tyler up. He's going to be talking himself up. He's going to be talking us up in a positive light. So when you have that situation, when your own team just sees you, why are you going to have a negative aspect on that specific individual? You're not going to be like, oh, yeah, that tight end right there, the rookie, he's dog shit. I would target him all the time, and you don't even have to cover him because he drops everything. That's not the way a teammate is. That's not what a team does. I'm surprised. um, Well, any football team, nonetheless. Well, okay, let's go back a little bit to the Cleveland Browns. That 
the tight end should have been targeted a little bit more on Sunday because Sunday was national tight end day for professional football. David Njoku, big props to you on that touchdown that you made. And whatever team picks you up, I wish you nothing but success. But, but I guess going back, I think, Riggs, you and I answered the question for going back to the tip-off. But, Parker, with the whole entire – you said pretty much you went from not jumping the gun, but then it went to the Browns route. If you had a pick between Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields – who would you end up wanting to be your franchise quarterback? You can't. That's what you're going to label them for now until they're actually proven. Because, I mean, Baker at one point, he was the franchise quarterback, but people turned on him up until this last game against the Bengals. But who would be the guy that you want to build your team around? I w- I'm going to go with Justin Fields. It's just It seems like the offenses, for some reason, are just really, really enjoying playing in you know, these weird weird style offenses with these running quarterbacks, and it's becoming almost the norm in the NFL, and I, I think we're just going to have to get used to that style of football being played more often, and, and Justin Fields is the next guy up for that, that opportunity. Absolutely. All right, so it's unanimous. Here at the We Like Sports Podcast, we would rather build our team around Justin Fields himself. Um, if anyone else got any uh, suggestions on who they would build a team around, let us know on our uh, Facebook Live. Twitter, Periscope. Yep. Which is actually part of Twitter, uh, YouTube now, and also we're on Twitch too. So yeah. make sure to all tune into that as well or give us your feedback on that. But guys, it's time to get in the ring. So get in the ring today. I think I'm going to step this one back just because this is a baseball-related topic. It's something that a lot of people don't really have much respect for. But the topic being, and this is probably going to be the last time we talk baseball for a good minute after today because we're going to be talking about pretty much free agency and whatnot, but the get in the ring topic is Mookie Betts or Mike Trout? Who is more of the MVP? Whoever wants to go first. Well, defending champ, you're going to go last, right? Do you guys want to do 30 seconds or a minute? We got some time. We can elaborate it. I'm cool with 30 seconds because the person I got, I I have a little bit of insight on why I would pick this person, but I'm going to do the best I can in my abilities. All right, you ready? Mm-hmm. I, I'm not Tyler. I don't have the bell, so ding, ding. I'm going to go with Mike Trout. I like Mike Trout because I feel like he's very strong at bat. I feel like he has a good eye for the ball when he can. Um, now, also on a marketing aspect, if you want someone to go out and get a few commercials done to pour more money into the franchise's pocket, that's the guy. The guy is known for everything. He's a household name. Unlike the other guy who's up in this topic, you go and look up somebody else in this topic, they're not doing commercials as much as Mike Trout. Mike Trout, if healthy and he's around a good team and great management, who the hell knows what he can do? Time. All right, so you got three points. Parker, are you ready to I defend? felt good about that yeah. one. Yeah, but that's also... I know, but that's like... You went on your one. marketing perspective and yeah. Jordan on the Wheaties. That's literally your... That's, that is <laughs> that your is point true. of view all the time. It's like, hey, they, they wear gonna, nice... You're going to sell shoes. You, you're going to have a sweatshop in Japan. Uh, like, how, how big is your brand going to be? That's Riggs. How big are your dickies? That's what you want to know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anyways. All right, Parker, are you ready? I'm ready. All right, here Let's we go. go. Ding, ding. It's definitely Mookie Betts. I mean, you got to think about it from the the question he asked: Who's the MVP? Not who's going to sell more jerseys. Not who's going to you know be on TV more. You know, marketing commercials. You got to also think of the fact that 
he was the highest paid player on the World Series champion team, where Mike Trout is the highest played player on a team that didn't even make the playoffs. Mookie Betts has won a World Series with both Boston and LA now. East Coast, West Coast, NL, AL, doesn't matter. Mookie Betts gets it done, and he is in the Gypsy Freebirds top five over the last three years. Well, it was tied, and then you brought up Gypsy Freebirds. So right, I think I you had the advantage there. But. Parker again went and get in the ring. Oh, it's, it's it's like clockwork. I mean, there's a reason I wear the watch. I don't even need his stopwatch. I got this thing telling me it's almost like a like a Fitbit or like a smartwatch. But I just I just it's just natural. Time management is just natural to me, and I know when to get my facts and how to present them. According, unlike you guys, you know, I mean, you call yourself professionals, but no, you're definitely not. Honestly, if we keep this up. We used to have a call in line. What is that now? 13 and 0? It's, it's, it's 12 and 0, 13 and It's something like that, yeah. When did, something when like did that. somebody get blindsided from the back? Because that's when we started. It was like a week later, so. <laughs> but, anyways, I think it's like 13 and 0, 12 and 0. Maybe if we're doing the Goldberg undefeated streak, you're 144 and 0. House shows don't count. Uh, but uh, Bar shows, there we go. Yes, bar shows count. Bar shows but count. Anyways. Maybe what we'll end up doing, especially with this streak being as historic as it is, and apparently Riggs can't beat you. I haven't had much opportunities, but so far I haven't had any luck. And Keith is too busy playing hey, football uh, with Peyton how about How about this? Parker Pierce's challenge to anybody who comes to first stop on Sunday and wants to get in the ring with Parker Pierce on a topic, we'll go see if you can become the new champ. And going a step further, we'll see if they become the new champ, but also at the same time, what if we end up having a topic, we have it out beforehand, you prepare, option opponent B prepares to, they call in. We have a little debate over the phone, and then from there, maybe somebody else could beat you, because I'll tell you this much, I've been to bars before, I've had friends before that are a little bit more knowledgeable than Parker Pierce. Oh gosh, are you kidding me? My IQ is like 141. Negative? 141. Is that Positive. negative? Okay. You can't be negative. Speaking of positives, Justin Turner. Yeah, that was wild. That, that, was, that was wild. That was pretty wild. Like, that was so wild. It's my called si- segue, guys. Yeah, it is. That, that was a good one, by the way. That was so wild. My sister, who doesn't even watch baseball, told me about that this morning and thought that was so crazy and ridiculous. So let's elaborate on that, gentlemen. So, actually, before we elaborate, I do want to step further and get in the ring with Mookie Betts and Mike Trout. Because this actually was an argument I had on TikTok because... Fans were saying that, like, hey, Mookie Betts was good, but also people were saying Mike Trout is an MVP, and I'm like, Mookie Betts is the better out of the two. Mookie Betts has been a winner. Mike Trout hasn't done anything. He's on a bad team, no matter what pieces they get in. How is he on a bad team, though? I mean, come on. The Angels just can't piece together. They They don't have things about it here. Well, I mean, they they go out. They're spending the money poorly. They put a huge contract on Albert Pujols 10 years ago. I mean, that was one of the biggest. Uh, I mean, at the time, it didn't matter because you were paying Albert Pujols for 10 years just to hopefully get six all-star years out of him. I think you got one. It's and, very and that, similar to the Mark Teixeira and that does deal. It, yeah, that? in New York, he had mm-hmm. that, that season in 2009 where they won the World Series, and then since then he didn't do anything. Yeah, he but but also, also Mark Teixeira is not Albert Pujols. Albert Pujols is a first ballot Hall of Famer. And you got Mike Trout around a first ballot Hall of Famer. You bring in the top guy, the top pitcher and hitter from yeah. Japan and Shohei Itani. That didn't do much for you. You got Anthony Rendon that was the, the, from the, the Los Nationals. Angeles Angels 
The Los Angeles Angels are just not good at scouting talent. They're not good at building a team around their superstars. They're good at finding that one guy and paying him all the money and just, like Rick said, market the hell out of him. So you know what? I'm going to throw a curveball question to you guys now because this is going a step further. Same kind of timetable within the MLB, but who wins the World Series ring first? Mike Trout or Bryce Harper? Hmm. Because they were literally hand-in-hand, hand, same year, same everything Correct. pretty much. Both outfielders. Harper had the opportunity if he stayed in Washington, mm-hmm. but he went to Philly. I, I have a, I have a bold, a very bold statement to say, and that is that Bryce Harper nor Mike Trout will ever win a World Series. And that's not a clown question, bro. Come on, that joke's like five years old, dude. <laughs> what you thinking, though? I got nothing. I'm just waiting on the next segue. I got some stuff I want to talk about. For MLB? Yeah, a little, a little bit for MLB, yeah. Um, hold on. You could go. I'm going to try to adjust this. Tyler's here now, but we'll get, we'll get there eventually. So start talking MLB. I know how much you like it. Um, MLB. I I really enjoy watching the World Series. I really do. Um, We have a question for everybody else and a question for us here. Besides the 2016 mm-hmm. World Series, what is your favorite World Series moment? I want to elaborate and share mine first. Go ahead. Mine, and this is right around the time I started to watch baseball again in my lifetime. It was the 2014 World Series, and I remember it was the Kansas City Royals, and I believe it was the San Francisco Giants. And I remember I caught the very last out, and I remember seeing Pablo Sandoval run from third base and catching that ball shaking his body out of excitement and just falling on the field and watching them celebrate. And when I look back at moments like that, like when I watch any World Series moment, I love seeing the final outcome to a pitch or just someone catching it. You know, not a home run, just just to see the emotion, the, the pitcher running up to the plate. That person at first base just throwing their glove down, like just that energy and that vibe in that moment. I love all World Series moments like that. Parker, what you thinking? I mean, mine's... Uh, it's it's an obvious classic, and it, it came in in probably the most tragic year, you know, Cleveland uh, that not Cleveland that uh the United States has seen, and that was in two thousand one when the World uh, Trade Centers dropped, and it was the New York Yankees versus the Arizona Diamondbacks, very very similar, I would say to kind of like a Tampa Bay versus uh, L A. You know, you got the high payroll, you know, mm. you've got the captain Derek Jeter going for his second World Series ring at the time, I believe it was. And or third, and it came down to the very last play. And with the, I mean, with it being uh, Randy Johnson, Kurt Schilling, Luis Gonzalez was uh, borderline MVP that year. And it comes down to the guy with the weirdest batting stats, Craig Council, hitting that ball in the center field. Wasn't it Craig Council? No, it was Luis Gonzalez that hit the ball, but Craig Council scored on it. So, Craig Council, I want to say that Yankees because that's when Arizona won, right. Yes. It was either against Cleveland when Craig Council had that game-winning run or else against the Yankees, but there's a whole entire ESPN documentary. That might have been Chicken the... Crosses, the yep. played at midnight mm. or something, and Craig Council's nickname was The Chicken because he was just lengthy and weird-looking. Yep. And But, like, I never – again, I'm 24, so – 2001, I was five. 1997, 1998, I was two. I was one. It doesn't matter. I was. I didn't care about baseball back then. I missed out on 95 and 97. I was yes. negative one and one. I was right uh, in yeah, between. I, I missed that on most of that too. I was a little too young for that. But uh, <laughs> another one that I just, I just popped in my head. I think it was a World Series uh, play, and I think it was in 2003. The Florida Marlins 
when the play at the plate came and Pudge Rodriguez caught the ball and got ran over at the plate, and it was the final out of the game, and he just stood up and holds the ball in the air like this, like making the craziest gestures. Yep. Like that, that, that's the type of stuff you just love seeing in baseball, and especially in, you know, in the final stage of the World Series. So here's what I'm going to say, and this is going to go lead into the next break, but the best moment, or one of the best moments, I think, at least in recent history, had to be the Cardinals against the Rangers, 2011. And it was oh, game, game six. With the Joe Buck. And we will six. see you tomorrow yeah, night. Yep. Yep. We will play that David clip Freeze. tomorrow David, night. David Freeze. I'm what a guy. It's going to be played next. Oh. Your mouth. We'll play that when I, we end up getting back, though. But I found the clip last yes, night. Yes. Oh, my God. I can't you. believe I didn't say that World Series. What was the, it was a game-tying home run. By he, David, no, he has a game, bases clearing, triple, bases loaded triple, triple, and that then a home tied run the game, the and then and then Josh Hamilton hit a two run Josh home run. Josh Hamilton. Josh Hamilton also hit a two run that home run at the guy, top. I swear to God, he like yeah, that, that was a crazy World from. Series for sure. So we're gonna play that clip when we get back, though. But before we do go to break, I know Riggs mentioned this that he likes seeing like the final out take place in the field. What was the exact quote on that, too? Because I don't want to mess it up. It's like your final out for baseball, what is your best version of it? it the, when, the pit, when the pitcher runs to home plate and just hugs the catcher. Okay. Yep. Well, so it wasn't a specific out. Nah, I, come I on. Thought, it's got to be the walk-offs. No, the, the walk-offs. walk-offs are what, walk-offs. Or else, depending better, on where you're at. If My favorite part prop probably has to be when there's a strikeout to end the game. Because especially if you're the home team, if the Indians have Cody Allen, Chris Perez, marijuana on his doorstep, um, you have Brandon. It was Hand. to his dog, dude, okay? It wasn't Chris Perez's. It was his dog. Either way, he screwed up. The dog smoked, didn't pass his drug test, and Chris <laughs> Perez couldn't pitch. But anyways, the best part has to be the strikeout to end the game or a walk-off. I think they kind of go hand-in-hand, in my opinion, mm-hmm. just yeah. because... That final out, fly ball, ground out, whatever, it's not as special, but when you're able to have like that fist pump and the adrenaline after a strikeout, mm-hmm. maybe it's because progressive field, everybody claps along. Well, also, I mean, also, you got to think with a strikeout, it happens in a fourth of a second where a fly ball or a ground out takes a few seconds to, you know, you kind of are starting to expect it, but you never know what's going to happen in that 0.4 seconds it takes for the ball to get from that pitcher's hand. You know, into the catcher's glove. I mean, a, a bird could die if you're Randy Johnson. But anyways, as we're talking baseball, when we come back, we will dive a little bit deeper Do into... Do I have to come back? Are you going to keep making comments like that? Hello, king of the dad jokes right here. Yeah. But anyways, no kids though. Anyways, we'll be back on the We Like Sports podcast. Riggs, what do you like doing? I like the Manscaped. Use the promo code SPORTSWITHDAYZ, S-P-O-R-T-Z. Manscaped, ball toner, ball deodorant, ball cleaner, deodorant. Manscaped, we like sports. We'll be right back. You got to talk about the lawnmower, too, or not? <sighs> Shave it. Your girl will thank you. We'll be right back, everybody. If you're bored in the house and I'm in the house, bored. Bored in the house and I'm in the house, bored. Why not play with your balls? Our sponsor today, Manscaped, is here to make sure your balls are smooth while you or your partner are playing with them. Manscaped promotes clean hygiene when it comes to shaving your balls thanks to their lawnmower 3.0. So a little side note, have you ever cut your balls while shaving them? I have, and that is painful. I would not ever do that again, and I would never shave my balls if it wasn't for Manscaped, because once I started using Manscaped, I no longer had to worry about the bleeding anymore. 
Also, for any new subscribers, you end up getting replacement blades refilled for your lawnmower 3.0 trimmer delivered to your door every three months, making sure your trimmer always stays fresh and clean. And for a limited time, subscribers get not only one, but two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, which is a $39 value, and the high-patented, high-performance, anti-chafing, manscaped boxer briefs. This is the perfect package for your perfect package. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code SPORTSWITHAZ at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped. And use the code SPORTS. Make playing with your balls the best part of your day. Thanks, Manscaped. And welcome back to the We Like Sports podcast with the one you love the most, myself, professional Parker Pierce, Peyton. And we got my second favorite, Riggs. He's my second favorite behind me, but he's he's pretty good. Peyton, don't even bother listening to him. But anyway, we're gonna re- uh, we were just talking about the World Series and great walk-offs. We're going back to 2011, Rangers versus the Cardinals. The Cardinals were wa- or the Rangers were one strike away with Neftali Feliz, the All-Star closer, kind of like Jose Mesa, one strike away from winning the World Series. Damn. And look at what this guy does. I just love seeing everybody in the crowd all together just jumping up and down, just a sea of the team Holmes colors. Just Here it is. Coming up. Can you imagine being this guy that catches this ball in center field? Mm. Honestly, just hopping on it like it's a fumble in the end zone, man. I wonder if the person that still has that ball. I wonder if that person still has that ball. Oh hell no! I would have sold that thing instantly. Really? You, you can retire off that shit almost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man, imagine that. Like, so uh, let's say for example, we did the podcast every single day or whatever, and the ending was after every episode, we will see you tomorrow night. That's it. The, like, produ- the producer walks in here as a, like he hit the walk off, <laughs> bringing him in here. Everybody just starts punching Tyler in the stomach. <laughs> I don't know why I was starting a lawnmower, <laughs> but anyways, That's Manscaped lawnmower 3.0. See, segways. We're on them today. <laughs> but anyways, so with what we were talking about on Sunday at first stop, the whole entire situation that kind of looked like the whole entire tide of the series was going from the Dodgers possibly running away with the series. To the Rays having a little bit of hope because they had an unlikely hero with Brett Phillips, Kansas City Royals player. Honestly, I have nothing more to describe to it besides just what happened. This will be something, and uh, what's his name? Gypsy Freebird. I blanked on it for a minute. But Gypsy Freebird even mentioned that this is something, and we all know it by now too, this is something that will be with the Jeter flip to home plate the walk-off in 2011, yes. it's all going to be memories from the World Series. Rajay Davis in 2016, another one, Game 7. But anyways, here's the clip. Honestly, this was probably the waggiest, weirdest and, play. And I'll tell you what, if the Dodgers did not end up coming back and winning uh, this series, I could see some Bill Buckner references happening. Mm. Mm. But here's the clip. Brett Phillips himself. In the flesh. Of course, it's Henley Jansen here. Jansen. That is into center field. Here comes Kiermeyer. Phillips has tied the game. Arose Arena coming around. Throw home. Now he stumbles. But the ball gets away. Tampa Bay wins it. Arose Arena. Game four, hero. 
Oh, I'm like a bird. <laughs> So that's good crowd pipe editing. They also had some. They had some of the crowd there too. Obviously, not much. But the World Series was, and the NLCS were the only games this season in baseball that had the crowds. And it was, I want to say, Game Five or Game Six had eleven thousand fans, which was about a third of what Texas's Globe Life Stadium holds now. It's brand new, but you have, like, like obviously that's going to be a moment forever. Oh, you mm-hmm. have. Here's 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 I want to jump into something real quick. This thing this really really grinded my gears watching uh, that game last night. I mean, yeah, it was it was really dumb that Snell was taken out of the game. You know, especially with the situation of him striking out the next three batters multiple times in that game already. But when I uh, when they got when they got their 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 go ahead run, it was Mookie Betts hitting that double down the line, and for some reason Globe Life Stadium has these cages. Yeah. And the ball got stuck on that pole and was just caught in no man's land. And a runner was easy, easy easily scored from first when, I mean, I don't even think he – That was he, when – He gets to third and that's about it if it's a normal, you know, a normal wall down there. But that – Globe Life Stadium has some really, really weird features. And I'm I'm – I'm I'm interested to see how that plays out, you know, over the course of the Texas Rangers history over the next, tw- you know, 10, 20 years and see if any any more key things like that happens in those situations. So, what was it? Adames was the one that was playing the shortstop, I think, and slid in there to pretty much yeah. get the ball as quickly as possible. But you have so many stories that, again, not too many people predicted the Rays to win the World Series because, again, the payroll thing. And they had bottom of the barrel – the Indians are like four positions up with forty-four million in cap space, and then or not even cap space with payroll itself. And then you have the Dodgers that are like what one hundred fifty million. Mm-hmm. So you have Randy or Rosarena that I guarantee you nobody outside of Tampa Bay knew his name until the postseason when he has a record for ten home runs during the postseason as a rookie. And yeah, as a rookie, and the Cardinals had him this offseason, traded him before the season would have started in a normal life. And here we are now that he's going to be a household name, and this mm-hmm. is your rookie year, and you're making that much of a mark. Well, and mean, it happens such during a, a weird period in life and in professional sports, too. Yeah. And I don't want people to throw dirt on his name and say, well, he got lucky because it was a shortened season. You and don't whatnot. get lucky with 10 home runs in the postseason. No. That's a lot of Of course, but crap. it's going to take one person to try to find something to nitpick at this. What I also, okay, this is what I want the MLB to do. For future World Series openers. Now let's go back to when you watch like the NBA Finals. How when you watch those openings for those games, you'll see like classic Larry Bird and Magic Johnson clips. People holding the trophies. Just your memorable moments. I feel like the World Series should try to copycat a little bit of that into just getting fans hyped up. Like you can go through your moments like, oh wow, that was the Subway Series. That was Randy Johnson winning his last one. That's David Ross winning his last one. So having, like, now Joe Buck talks. Exactly, right. And I mean, the thing is too, is that like, that's something that like we could even do if we wanted to. It's just taking the time and also like you, like you could have like, let's be honest. Again, when the Indians were in the World Series in 2016, if you had any social media whatsoever, all the pre-game game five, game six, game seven, game two, all the like the song in the background, this is our tribe, highlight, 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 game six, seven o'clock. Mm-hmm. Like it was just like the music in the background. Like you had so many things that were in good factors and it's all hype for the World Series, which 
this was a World Series to remember because remember the fact, too, that the Dodgers were playing in Texas Rangers Stadium, Globe Life Stadium. If they ended up getting rid of Interleague completely or the Dodgers and Texas played together or against each other, how well do the Dodgers know that stadium with, what, they had game six, game seven, so 13 games alone specifically there. In the playoffs. In the playoffs. How well do they know that stadium compared to the Rangers themselves that got to play there, what, half the season? So in reality, in the postseason, the Dodgers played 13 times and the season was 60 games. So the Rangers played 30 times. That's that's going to be interesting. Even with the Rays, too, the Rays got to play there six games, which it's this whole entire alternative site. It makes it more intriguing because obviously you might know that that wall and left yeah. like left field third baseline. I mean, it's it's kind of like going back to like the Green Monster. You know, you always had to have somebody in left field that knew how to play it. Uh, obviously, Manny Ramirez was not that guy. But what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean, Manny Ramirez? <laughs> okay, he was <laughs> in the he was in the Green Monster. He lived in the he took he took bowel movements in the Green Monster <laughs> before. <Damn. laughs> Did he really? Remember when he went in the door? Yeah. He had to go to the bathroom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no shit. I remember yeah. that. It was during <laughs> a pitching change. <laughs> nice, nice. Oh, man. And also in positive news, speaking of the World Series, Clayton Kershaw finally gets his ring. Honestly, so, like, I saw a picture last night, and it was all of Clayton Kershaw's accolades. His three Cy Youngs, his ten or however many All-Star appearances, his gold gloves. Now he has a World Series ring on top of it. And, I mean, the man's a white. 30-ish, I want to say. He's been around for a while, but he's always come up short. He and he's to, been faithful to his organization. He needed to, need to get over that hump. Yeah. Also, we have an organization he's that 32. is... 32. 32, okay, you're younger than me. Yeah, that that was the hump he needed. That was the great cloud. Like, we talked about that last week. Like, if they wouldn't have won the series, would that have been the great cloud over the Los Angeles Dodgers' head? Yeah. Now it's all palm trees and hot women and sunshine. And a parade eventually. LeBron and the Dodgers ended up convincing LA that when it's safe, we want a parade. Together at the same time? Possibly. That's probably going to be our safest bet. I got a question. I got something well, to least talk Tampa about. Well, at still gets a, a parade when everything gets back to normal with the Lightning winning a month ago. Mm, <laughs> How ironic would it be is if they hit a parade and there's just storms everywhere because their name's the Lightning. All right. <laughs> <laughs> If you guys can see our producer Tyler's why, face. Why am I trapped in this box with this kid? Go on with your question, though, because I'm a dumbass. Oh, no. Well, well what I got to say, it's it's kind of football NFL related, but it kind of swerves into uh, MLB. So I'll wait when we start talking NFL to get into that. Okay. So, again, though, I'm trying to think anything else baseball related that <sighs> was it, was no it a good sign, bottom line, that the Rays did lose because of the Indians' payroll structure, or is it a bad sign? Because either way, I mean, they made it that far, they just didn't get over said hump. I, I have a bad feeling. I, I mean, it's actually, if, if the Rays would have won, that would have been a very bad thing for the Cleveland Indians organization, mm-hmm. uh, mainly because the Tampa Bay Rays, when you win the World Series, that's a huge, huge payday. And just with the Rays being in the World Series, that's another huge payday for them. So they're going to have money to actually spend over the next couple seasons. But the Indians are not. The Indians are about to be going into rebuild mode, I have a feeling. You know, getting rid of Lindor, things like that, fire sale. 
And boys, the corner of Carnegie and Ontario, the lease is up in 2023. The lease for Progressive Field is up in 2023, and there's rumors about the Indians moving to Nashville. You can't do this to me. I'll almost almost drop a four-letter F word on air right now. ESPN? I said four-letter F word. No way. You can't do this to me. I I just did. Uh, unfortunately, the lease is up in 2023. If that's the case, I'm not rooting for you Nashville. Got, you got, I would root for you Tampa have, Bay. You have the Indians about to completely change their name. They already changed their mascot. They're about to change their name. The Nashville Cowboys. Their lease is going to be up at Progressive Field. So what the hell is that going to be at the corner of Carnegie and Ontario? When you're driving down the highway, you see a bunch of... No, you don't a see... A parking field. lot for, for Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. That's what it's going to be. Dan Gilbert, you better buy out the Indians ASAP. Yes. Or even have your son Nick do it, too. I'm I'd even sure be okay loaded. with LeBron purchasing the Indians. I'd be okay with him being that a minority is... owner. But that's, that's the problem. In 2016, when the Indians were spending all that money, they had a minority owner... Who is now the owner of the Kansas City Royals? Yep, I remember that. So they lost a huge, huge money grab from that guy, and the Dolans are spiraling. They don't know what to spend money on. They spend it on redoing the entire stadium, blow their funds, and now they don't have any money to pay the players, and they're being cheap, and they're going to end up selling the team, and whoever buys that team is going to move it because they don't want to redo the lease at Progressive Field. I thought stuff like this only happened between scumlord landlords and tenants. Not CEOs and sports teams. It, ha- it happened in '95 with the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, I, I thought say. I thought Art Modell was just a petty old man. No, his he lease wanted to was get up. And they, they, his lease was up. They, he either had to re-sign a lease at Municipal Stadium, or the city of Cleveland had to build him a new stadium. He said, "Forget it. You build you build a brand new NBA arena. You build a brand new uh, you know baseball, baseball field. Yeah, yeah. And you didn't give you know they give me nothing. They didn't even right. redo Cleveland Municipal Stadium a little. They didn't give it a facelift. They're just like nope." Uh, you got to pay for that. He goes, I'm not paying for it. Move the team. All right, so here's going to be a positive. The only positive is that the Dolans did give Progressive Field a facelift recently. So Yeah, thank God. Hopefully. So nobody could actually sit in right field parking lot. True. That pisses me off so much. That's just me being a passionate Indians fan because that's the number one sport I care about. The Cavs, yeah, I like the Cavs, but Indians are by far somebody and something I would rather watch at all times. But anyways, a positive and a negative. So a positive of pretty much going into the offseason. The positive being Randy Rosarena, his agent, actually spoke with the production company about a movie centered around his postseason journey from Cuba to Mexico to the U.S. That could be a vi- that might be an uh, that's probably going to be a movie I watch just because again. You have that going on. There's also rumors that Giannis Antetokounmpo is having a documentary made by Disney. There's so many different things going on. And if you have a movie with Randy or Rosarena, again, a rookie, you have that story. Cuba to Mexico. He's a Little League World Series kid, too, I think, at the same time. And then all this unfolds in the year of a pandemic. This could be very interesting. But here's the negative news, though. So I was scrolling through Twitter after the Indian or after the Indians game, after the Rays World Series loss. Corey, I'll give him a shout out, why not? Corey O24, at Corey O24. He said, imagine trading for a one-year rental that signed a 10-year extension right away and then had an MVP season and won you a World Series, a.k.a. Mookie Betts. And then he said, at 29 other teams, Frankie is officially on the trading block. This should help the Indians' case. 
P.S. Don't hate me. These are just the facts. No, I, and that's a, I, mean, I, I was hoping for the Indians to trade, you know, Lindor even earlier this year. Well, once once the season got postponed and they knew it was going to be a sixty game season, I was like, okay, might as well see what you can get for him. You could get a lot more if you got two guaranteed years under Lindor's small contract right now before you have to pay him thirty five a year. Yeah, like it's just very aggravating because. Again, let's be honest. If Mookie Betts did it, and what, it was a 12-year contract then overall and 10 years on top of the two that he had with an opt-out or whatever, you have Lindor go to wherever. Even the possibility, too, I mentioned before that Troy in the past has said that Miami might be that destination for Lindor to go to. Miami isn't a joke anymore. They were in the playoffs. Yeah. So if Lindor goes there, maybe that's that extra player they need. Pretty much like once he once he came to the United States, Miami, he loved Miami, always did. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Miami is literally close to home, too, if you yep. need mm-hmm. to go back for whatever reason. You could take a sailboat. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe a yacht. <laughs> That's a Sir Yacht joke. Shout out to Sir Yacht. But anyways. But, well, I, wanted, I wanted to mention something. I can't think of the kid's name, but did you hear the story, the rudy style story that happened in NCAA football this weekend at Wake Forest? Uh, there's a walk-on uh, freshman. I think I did hear this. Walk-on freshman. He obviously doesn't have a scholarship. In the game, he had 11 tackles and three interceptions, and his teammates carried him off the field chanting, Scully, 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 because they wanted Wake Forest to get him a scholarship, and Wake Forest is giving him a scholarship next semester. Oh, wow. And that's one thing. The one, this is a real fact about Wake Forest football. They said that that football, their strength team, like when they go to the gym, like that team is a powerhouse. Like they have one of the best strength and conditioning teams in f- college football. Damn, that's that's a really Tim good Duncan story. came out of Wake Forest. Wake Forest, I want to say they're a, they were the a Demon better, Deacons. They were also one played for a team called the Demon Deacons. Yeah, they were a better basketball school. Though, oh, they always have football. been. They yeah. always have been. Yeah, but. Going on, I think the last topic MLB related to might as, well, might as well when you end up saying the Indians might be going to Nashville, they're even saying too Rob Manfred that was possibly trashed after the game too, whatever it might be. Oh yeah, he was he was rough. <laughs> he was looking pretty rough, but he ended up saying or whoever baseball operations guy ended up saying that with budget problems this past season, twenty twenty one, it's going to be tough with the budget. Pretty much hinting at. Who knows what if you have a season or not, if you could afford it, and then 2022, possibly a lockout. So we might be going 60 games this past year, no season next year, that probably, who knows what's going on with the pandemic. Maybe it's done over with, fans can come in, but no baseball season. Then 2022, you're looking at a lockout. Might as well, if we're on the train of negativity, choo-choo, all aboard. And that, and that right there, now let's, now let's look at this. I don't want to say this is a double negative or a double-edged sword. Now let's say that does happen. Correct. We got a sixty game series and now the next two years there's nothing. Would you be would you at least be like, well, at least we had something and it was at least sixty games. Granted it was three years ago. Or would you just So Tony Hawk, he's skating, right? Mm-hmm. He's starting up ESPN special this Saturday. Have him one time. Let's say sixty times, sixty skates, whatever the hell. I don't know. I'm not a big X Games guy. But let's say you have that happen 60 times. He's competing throughout like this month, whatever. Then doesn't compete again for three more years. Is that going to be the same Tony Hawk? No, hell no. That might, no. 
So why do I want to see baseball three years later with guys that haven't played or are playing overseas? You're gonna you're gonna have have Carlos Santana that's aged three years too. You're gonna have have your rookies that are aging three years. You have Tristan McKenzie that was twenty four to twenty seven. That is not. You're having a Foster Carmona birthday. They they want to they want to focus on you know money and everything. That's the absolute worst thing you can do because you're gonna have a bunch of no name players coming in. You're gonna be having the movie major. You're gonna yeah. You're gonna have a bunch of pretty much. Tampa Bay Rays style teams that nobody knows until they make the playoffs. And the only reason we found out about them was because they were thrown in the national spotlight. Exactly. And otherwise, again, you made the joke last week, I think, with the attendance. They don't have fans. I guarantee you fans from Tampa Bay itself found out about their team just as much as everybody else did nationally. You think they knew who Randy Rosarena was? Do you think they actually did the research and knew that G-Man Choi was a former outfielder and converted to first base in a splitting time with the Andy Diaz? I mean, when you're living in paradise, I mean, you really don't have time to focus on sports that much. So. No, because you're at the beach all the time, feet up on the umbrellas, just chilling, and it's 90 degrees. Meanwhile, we're in Cleveland today. Let me pull up the weather app really quick. Sports is what we live for around here. It's 45 degrees right now. Okay, <laughs> which one am I going to do? Am I going to sit my ass inside and watch sports? Even if there was something to play, or am I going to find an old clip or something, or am I going to end up watching the, am I going to be outside? Which one is it going to be? No, I'm not going to be outside in 45 degree weather. There you go. Michael, Michael <laughs> Bender over. likes your uh, Fausto Carmona birthday. Thank you. Comment. <laughs> Shout out to you, Michael. Miss you, Mike. Softball guy. <laughs> but anyways... Before we end up going into the next break, very short NBA segment-wise, too. There's still stuff to talk about in the NBA. When J.R. Smith is involved? Yes. I guess J.R. Smith has a dislike for one team member. One specific teammate in his career. LeBron James? Nope. Uh, Who is it? I will say Carmelo Anthony. He's played in Denver before with him. Nope. I actually have to pull up this specific tweet. But that person is, it makes sense why he was in Cleveland for such a short time. Isaiah Thomas. Sam Decker. He said that's the only teammate he disliked. Sam Decker? <laughs> the whole time. Right. Yeah, Sam Decker. The guy who like was like the 15th man on the bench. Yeah, that they traded for. He said that he was talking some Trump as Dash. Mm-hmm. Although I, I'm pretty sure I swore earlier, but like, let's try to be clean. Then his wife tweeted back saying that's extremely inaccurate and unfair, consider the source. And then J.R. Smith said, would you like to explain why your husband can't say the N-word, or should I? I don't mind at all. Huh. This is the We Just Got Real podcast. It makes sense why he was on his way out as quick as he came in. That's that's something, I mean, who knows how much of an impact that, when was Sam Decker, 2017, I think? So I, to be something honest, like that, yeah. I really don't even Let know. Let me see, because, like, honestly, that could be a cancer to a team and end up, like, facing your morale that you're downhill in a distraction. Uh, Sam Decker, no longer in the NBA, uh, sadly, blah, blah. 2018 sadly. was on the Cavaliers, and then in 2018 he went to the Washington Wizards. Um he was traded in December, but was traded in the organization to the Cavs in August, and then was gone in December. So, I mean, that was when you ended up getting John Henson, Matthew Delvadova back to Cleveland. Well, Matthew Delvadova back. But was that possibly the cancer? Because this was 2018, which was, was this 
the first year that Kyrie left too. So what all happened in that offseason, it makes you ask questions. It makes you wonder what was actually going on behind closed doors. Nothing's an excuse at the end of the day, but it makes you wonder. Thoughts really quick before we go to break, and then it looks like the rest of the show is looking NFL-wise and Browns. And Yay, football! Yeah, I've torn ACLs! I have no other Yay, thoughts on that. Quarterback. Um, when we come back, yeah, like you said, we're going to talk football, and I want to put a microscope under the Pittsburgh Steelers. Somebody has to freaking beat them. Who will it be? We don't know. It's going to happen this week, dog. I already picked it. I already picked it. It's happening this week. Manscaped. You're, you're wrong. If you're bored in the house and I'm in the house board, bored in the house and I'm in the house board. Why not play with your balls? Our sponsor today, Manscaped, is here to make sure your balls are smooth while you or your partner are playing with them. Manscaped promotes clean hygiene when it comes to shaving your balls thanks to their lawnmower 3.0. So a little side note, have you ever cut your balls while shaving them? I have and that is painful. I would not ever do that again and I would never shave my balls if it wasn't for Manscaped because once I started using Manscaped, I no longer had to worry about the bleeding anymore. Also, for any new subscribers, you end up getting replacement blades refilled for your lawnmower 3.0 trimmer delivered to your door every three months, making sure your trimmer always stays fresh and clean. And for a limited time, subscribers get not only one, but two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, which is a $39 value, and the high-patented, high-performance, anti-chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs. This is the perfect package for your perfect package. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code SPORTSWITHAZ at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped. And use the code SPORTS. Make playing with your balls the best part of your day. Thanks, Manscaped. And welcome back to the We Like Sports Podcast, where the technical difficulties come to you live at Hooligans Gym. Um, so we're going to get into some heavy, heavy-ass NFL conversations right now. So um, before, okay, this this is something I've been, that's been, I've been pondering with for the last 24 hours. The Dodgers just won the World Series, correct? Correct. The Los Angeles Lakers won the NBA Finals. Does Correct. this put pressure on the two L.A. football teams to bring home a Lombardi trophy? Well, to be fair, from what I've seen on social media, is the Chargers are forgotten. Everybody else that's an athlete that won a ring said, Rams, you're next. So it seems like the other people with, like the other athletes within their city are putting on pressure. Because, I mean, let's be honest. So the Dodgers won the World Series for the first time in 32 years. 32 years, right? Mm-hmm. And that was also the last time two teams won from the same city, which could have been the Cavs and the Indians. Could have They could have been the one that ended that streak first. Obviously, that didn't happen. But you have that, having two teams within the same city winning. When was the last time, besides, I mean, obviously, like, I want to say a three-peat, it's not too often, but I think the last time it happened was Boston, yep. New England, and the Those Boston Bruins. Mm-hmm. Yep. So and let's be honest. If you are a Rams fan or just a fan of Los Angeles, I mean, you have so many options. But the thing is, is that if that does happen to 3 Pete, how weird would that be to just happen in 2020? Let's be honest. It would be the most fitting thing, I think, that would happen in 2020, especially since it's L.A. Right, like you they, know, I mean, like they need Hollywood it. They're Hollywood, and I mean, they're as Hollywood as it gets. I mean, it's so almost when the movie like comes out, almost feels like an entire script going on with 2020. Yeah. But I mean, to be honest, I could see the Rams possibly pulling it off. I mean, you got Sam, uh, Sam Donald, or no, yeah, 
No, Sam. Aaron Donald. Yes. <laughs> I was thinking Sam Darnold. You have Aaron Donald, who is probably the best defensive player in the league, maybe outside of Khalil Mack and Miles Garrett, but Sam Donald, Darnold, Donald's. Wow. He's having a stroke. Aaron Donald. <laughs> I, I hate Sam Darnold so much that I just say his name too often. Aaron Donald is the best player on the field, usually at all times. Uh, you know, Jared Goff is having a good bounce back season after after that 17 week uh, Super Bowl hangover he had last year. And you never know. I mean, the it's stars will hang over The stars are lining up. <laughs> stars are lining up. It could happen. So. Here's the thing, too, when we're talking about the NFL from a national basis. So, obviously, you have the Rams possibly being next. You have Des Bryant that signed to the Baltimore Ravens practice squad. What are your guys' thoughts on this? I mean, I think that's, last week we literally just brought up Des Bryant. I think that's good for him. I think he's still recovering from an injury that he had when he played for the Saints. Yeah, so his first weeks. time playing since 2017. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, Something we'll like see that what happens. Him. Yeah, you got to crawl before I mean, you walk, buddy. And he's, he's, he's not young. Exactly. He's not young. What is he, 34? And in football years, like add five years to that. Yeah, and a concussion or two. Exactly. Yep. Let's see how old Des Bryant is. That has to be a popular topic because when you Google Des Bryant's name, that actually, like, that's a Des popular Bryant thing. Age. Yeah. yeah. So, guys, how old do you think Des Bryant I'd actually is? I'd say 34. Is? I'd say, yeah, uh, 34, 30, 35. Tyler, what are you thinking? Thirty-six. Thirty-four, thirty-five, and thirty-six. Whoa. The answer actually is. Hold on to your pants. Thirty-one. Thirty-one. So why were we saying how old he was at twenty-eight, twenty-nine in two thousand eighteen? I think it's just because he was out of the league for a while that people just think that you obviously rust is always an issue with the, yeah. any athletics whatsoever. So I mean. Again, though, what's the difference between Des Bryant and Rob Gronkowski? Rob Gronkowski, there's no real talks about his shape, his football shape, him being out of the league. It was always Des Bryant's back with Tampa Bay and his boy Tom Brady. No complaints about being out of the league for a year and a half and wrestling in WWE for a 27 championship. Bias, it, it's, it's where you, it's the market that he went to and it's who he's playing with, I believe. If Des Bryant was going to go back and play with Tom Brady, they would talk about it too, but if Des Bryant was going to play with Minshew or some other person, they're not going to want to talk yeah. about that. And also you got to think it's not Dallas, a story. Dallas, when it comes to like the media scrutiny that they get, is almost like the New York Mets and Yankees dealing with the New York media. Yeah. Or, you know, like the Jets and the Giants. They, they got all that to deal with. Because you got Jerry World in there. Jerry mm-hmm. World. What a place. Yo, but, Jerry World is huge. Oh, yeah, you were there. Yes. It is huge. But, guys, before we end up going more into the NFL, I think now is a good time to actually do our picks because <laughs> weeks pass, it looks like we just rushed through this. So why don't we actually take this a little bit quick? We can still rush through it, but it just seems like we're we always We can have a little bit more analytics behind it. Yeah, a little bit more, and then from 9 to 9.30, we'll be talking Browns probably. Hopefully a little bit sooner than that, too. But for this week, our standings-wise, we have Tyler, our producer, at 63 points. We have Peyton at 57. We have Parker at 57. Hey, my name goes first. I was in the lead last... Listen, if you look at that, it's me first ahead of you. Oh, that's ridiculous. Both of my names are alphabetically in order before yours. Both of my names? (laughs) You got Riggs with 55 and Keith at 50. Well, 
First game, Thursday night, you got the Atlanta Falcons and the Carolina Panthers. Everybody picked the Panthers except for Riggs. Why are you picking at ATL? Because That's a drumline reference. It is. I, I feel like the Atlanta Falcons, they invent ways to lose. They truly do. And me seeing them being embarrassed, I want to at least give them some type of verbal or internet confidence because I know damn well their fans down there are not giving them no confidence. So, confidence. so somebody here from Cleveland, Ohio, the 216, I'm going to just give you guys a petty win for this week. And if you lose, you're the ass out of yourself. But anyway, I, I, I got Carolina. Uh, Christian McCaffrey looks like he's on schedule to be back this week. He's been practicing this week. Uh, limited contact, but I think they're just trying to protect him, so it'll be good to go on Sunday. And also, like you said, Atlanta just... They, they find every way in the book to lose, and I just think it's going to continue. And there's so many talks about, you know, them doing a fire sale down in Atlanta. I mean, Matt Ryan's been in, in talks about being traded. Julio Jones been, has been in talks about being traded. Julio. So, like Julio Franco. Julio Jones. Julio Jones, which the Browns drafted you back in the day, bro. Yeah, he yeah that that's great. Yeah, they he was traded almost down. Cleveland Brown. Who'd yep. they get instead? Oh, yeah. I think it was Justin Gilbert. Yeah. You can play this game all the time, and you guys are going to be pissed off sitting in the corner, but that that's never a fun game to play with the Browns if you end up looking at their draft picks, who they could have got. Whoever they drafted Phil Taylor for, who else could you have gotten that draft? I think that was 2011. Yeah, I well, they, they traded down for Phil Taylor, and then I think they took Jabal Sheard in the second round as well that Jabal Sheard had a better career in New England than yeah, he did Yeah, Phil Taylor, big big baby Phil Taylor, man. Yeah, I think my nephew was on an elevator with him at the Justice Center. I'm shocked it didn't collapse. We'll get into that off there. <laughs> but anyways, next game, Indianapolis Colts against the Detroit Lions. The Lions actually coming off of a win last week, I think, to the Falcons, right? Mm-hmm. So you have Riggs picking the Lions, everybody else picking Phillip Rivers and the Colts. Riggs, again, singled out. Why? I thought I picked the Colts on that one. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to be a man, and I'm going to stick to my guts, and uh, you're not going to... <laughs> this cowardly lion's not going to run. I, I'm going to have to take the lions winning. <laughs> Holy crap! <laughs> oh god! All right, next game because it's not even worth going into the yeah. Los Angeles Rams against the Miami Dolphins. This is Tua Tagovailoa's first start, and I think that's their biggest mistake is that this is Tua Tagovailoa's big start. You cannot put a guy who is coming off of an injury. Hasn't seen much playing time in the NFL, and you're going to put him up against the strongest and fastest defensive tackle in the entire NFL in his first ever rookie appearance as a oh, starter? Hell no. Are well, you kidding me? Here's the he reason He's going to get though. swallowed up and destroyed by Aaron Donald. <laughs> so here's the reasoning why, though, is that they want to see because Miami has their draft pick and Houston's draft pick. And Houston has that like top ten protected or whatever. It's not protected, so Miami can have two top ten picks. They want to see what Tua brings to the table, and if they need to draft another quarterback. That's why Ryan Fitzpatrick's already yeah, phased yeah, but out. it doesn't matter. Ryan Fitzpatrick, he is he is the greatest teammate of all time. I mean, he's played on so many different teams. Wasn't he's he been a, a great teammate. Did, yep. He did whatever. He had to do for his team. He'd come in in the most random spots and put a team on his back. I mean, I, what do you do in Tampa Bay? Remember when Jameis Winston was struggling and eating crap? Oh, legs. man, he threw for like 400 yards and then 300 yards and was just. But one also, of the best Josh quarterbacks McCown did the, the same thing in Tampa, too. So Josh I don't know McCown. how much of that is worthy. Uh, your next game, though, you got the Las Vegas Raiders against the Cleveland Browns. 
Riggs, did you pick the wrong team again? No, no, no. I, I pulled the Parker Pierce on this one. Oh, I'm okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. I, I fo- thought about doing it, I fo- but I didn't. I followed the At trend as he did, did as he did last week. He picked the opposing team to beat the Cleveland Browns as a motivator, as a fire starter to get your stuff in gear. And I like that. Yeah, so you're I listening I, to us? Yeah, so I so so I, I admit I will, I bit off that situation right there. So I do I am gonna take the, and the Raiders, Raiders. The Raiders, Raiders are playing better. They are they, playing. They lost better. to Tampa Bay, correct? They did lose yeah, Tampa Bay. Um, Tom Brady dropped forty pan, fantasy points. Thank you for that. But I, I, I am I am really excited to see this uh Browns Raiders matchup. You know, mm-hmm. I mean that, that matchup they had in Baker's rookie year, I think it was 44-41. Yeah, that was a super and high it was just game, yeah. it was just an absolute great game to watch. They uh, lost too. Yep, we had it, it was the same day as our first stop cornhole tournament. Oh man, that was a wild one, especially since it was a four o'clock start. So when does the We Like Sports podcast get their own sponsored tournament for first stop cornhole? Um, probably when the weather gets better. Okay, but that's gonna happen though. Right? And I get sure. better at cornhole. Absolutely. Listen, I saw the video to you sent to Peyton Hills with you being better at cornhole. I've seen it. Keith posted it for your birthday. Your little Texas swagger. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, so, anyways, next game, Minnesota against Green Bay. Everybody picked Green Bay. I think it's painfully obvious. Minnesota has one win this year, I believe. And, and no identity. And Minnesota's offense, you're right, without Kevin Stefanski, no identity. They, they're they're so run-heavy on Delvin Cook. Mm. They're, they're, they're deeply, deeply missing Stephon Diggs. He's been huge in Buffalo so far this year. And you know what? Adam Thielen, he's... He's a great player, but I mean, it's very similar. Just him. It's very similar to what Pittsburgh ended up overcoming when Antonio Brown was out, and you had Juju Smith-Schuster as your only number one target, and then you had to get yeah. um, who else was it? James Washington had to be incorporated in more, targeted more. This year, you're seeing Devontae Johnson and Chase Claypool. Once you spread that ball a little bit more, and you have that number one wide receiver being double covered. You have to open up the field and see who else is open and give more opportunities. But honestly, at Minnesota, they're missing Kevin Stefanski as an offensive coordinator, I think. But your next game, New England against Buffalo. Everybody's picking Buffalo, which is a little suspicious because New England did beat... No, Arizona did not lie. Oh, no, New England did... They did win last week, right? Cam Newton came back and was just an absolute disaster. I mean, he was getting dogged. I mean, media personnel were saying, why are we dogging the – Jeff Garcia said, wow. he goes, why are we dogging uh, all, the, all the different stupid ways Cam Newton dresses for his press conference? We should just be dogging how terrible he's been on the field so that he doesn't even go to these press conferences. Damn. All right. That's heavy. <laughs> that, 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 there's no beating that one. Kansas City against the Jets. Everybody picked the Chiefs. If the Chiefs end up losing this game, I will wear a skirt next week. You heard it. You heard it here on the We Like Sports podcast. He will wear a skirt as a shirt. Crop top style. No, I'll wear a crop top and a skirt. Oh, man. <laughs> so Hey, we'll be at Riggs' house. Does she have any uh, special outfits in her uh, sex swing? swing dungeon? I mean, I mean, she got some hips. She's a little thick. So, I mean... I just got to eat a lot of pasta this week. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Come to Antonio's Pizza and Spaghetti. I'll hook you up. There we go. So, you heard that here first, guys. Kansas City loses. I'm wearing a skirt. Maybe a crab top. We'll we'll figure that out as is. Also, next week, 7.30 Oh, that's going to go so well with that mustache, too. Oh, actually... Oh, it's going to go so well. That might be the last week of the mustache, too. So, that could be very, very... 
interesting as is, though. But your next game, Baltimore against Pittsburgh. Tyler Parker Riggs picking the Ravens. I don't know how you guys do that as because, fans. Because I want somebody to beat Pittsburgh. And right now, I'm calling out every single football team. And I have the Pittsburgh Steelers' remaining schedule On right here. Dial. Right here. Now listen to this. This is Pittsburgh's next remaining games. The Ravens, the Cowboys, the Bengals, the Jags. That's their next month of football. And I'm sorry. I see Baltimore beating them. And then after that, you have the Ravens again, Washington, the Bills, the Bengals, the Colts, and then the Browns. If you ask me, that is the easiest damn schedule a part of the National Football League. They are lucky, they are easy, and they are kissing somebody's ass. I don't see a potential threat during this whole 16 weeks for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Congratulations, you're 6-0. That's cool. whoop de freaking do But I'm calling out every single sports team in the National Football League. Somebody better beat their ass and put them on their <laughs> so Riggs and his quick notes on the way here. This makes sense now. This is how passionate of a fan Riggs is. He goes, who the F, spelled out obviously, can beat Pittsburgh? Ravens, Cowboys, Bengals, Jags, Ravens, Washington, Bills, Bengals, Colts, Browns. Wrote down the rest of the schedule, but he put in who the F could beat Pittsburgh with an angry emoji too. Like this is this isn't like any placebo whatsoever that Riggs is showing that he's like a fake Browns fan. This is how passionate this dude when is. I when I made that in the group text, who the hell can beat Pittsburgh? And you seriously said, I don't think anybody can for real this year. I was seriously pissed for like 30 seconds. I did that's why I didn't reply back on the phone. I was seriously that mad. But let's be honest though. If the Ravens cannot beat the Steelers. The Steelers have they have a good, strong defensive line. You saw it last week with the Titans game. You saw it with the Browns, too. They crashed and through any offensive line. Yeah. Chase Claypool is a rookie. He had a bad game against the Titans, but you also had Juju have a good day. You had Devontae, Wash- or Devontae Johnson have a good game as well. You have a strong core overall that this team, I think, is better off than the Steelers of the past when you had the triple Bs with Bell, Ben, and Brown. You have more of a complete team, and the team sport yeah. is always going to beat. And uh, the Steelers' defense has always been good in the front seven. Uh, their secondary outside of Minka is a little bit questionable. But, I mean, they, they just, they're so well-balanced. And, and unfortunately, sure. unfortunately, they're finishing off the tail end of the hardest part of the schedule they had all year, which would be the Browns, Tennessee, and the Ravens back-to-back-to-back. I think it's up to the Ravens. Otherwise than that, I really don't see maybe the Colts later in the year. But they're facing an injured, uh, heavily injured Dallas Cowboys team with no Dak Prescott, exactly. no Andy Dalton. I saw a funny meme on that. I shared on my Facebook page. Car. It was uh, <laughs> it was uh, Dak Prescott laying in a hospital bed like Lieutenant Dan, and uh, <laughs> and and I. <and>, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Forrest Gump is laying there in the oh, hospital bed next to him with Andy Dalton's face and said, Lieutenant Dak, I got you some ice cream. Man. It was funny. Yeah, yeah rough time to be a Cowboys fan, but we can go back to pick them. Yeah, them boys ain't doing anything. <laughs> but the next game, Tennessee Titans against the Bengals. Keith picked the Bengals. Keith always goes eeny, meeny, miny, mo. That's why he picked the Bengals. Uh, Tennessee, this is a bounce back game. It has to be. If they lose to Cincinnati, that momentum that they had going in the last couple weeks, losing to Pittsburgh, losing to Cincinnati. If they lose to Cincinnati, the good news is, as Browns fans, Steelers fans, Bengals fans, Ravens fans, 
You just know that the AFC North and, is that strong that, yes. and you have the Bengals. And then the Bengals, a good team. Bengals have played very competitively. They just can't figure a way to you know seal one out. Honestly, but if they the also, Bengals had Joe Mixon last week. It, the Browns maybe, would have lost yeah, that game. You don't know. You don't know about that. They held Joe Mixon to only twenty-eight yards in the first half in week two. Giovanni yeah. Bernard looked like he didn't. He got shut down after the yeah, first and you, few and, quarters. And also think about it: Cincinnati Bengals just traded one of the greatest defensive linemen to ever play for them in Carlos Dunlap. Mm. And, wow. and yeah, oh, they Seahawks. they trade him to the Seahawks. For, He's been there for, for the wow. They trade him for an offensive lineman, and I believe a seventh round pick. Yep. So I mean that that's I think that's just a field day for Derrick Henry running all over the Cincinnati Bengals defense, especially with that move being taken place. Next game, the Los Angeles Chargers against Denver Broncos. Both teams are the same record, but right now I want to say Denver is having Drew Locke come back last week or this week. Chargers with Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert seems like he's hitting on all cylinders. Yes. If you end up having the ability to pick him up on fantasy football, I would do so this week right now while you're watching the show and then come back and watch us. Uh, anyways, though. Yeah, Justin Herbert looks like he is NFL ready. He was smart to stay his extra year in college. He was just lucky that it didn't hurt his draft stock in any way. Yeah, and I mean early on, that when he first was going to come out, or the possibility, I want to say he was – a top three over. Hey, honestly, he was a top to three To be honest pick. with you, it actually did hurt his draft stock because if he would have came out as a junior, I think he would have been the number one overall pick instead of Kyler Murray. Yeah. But but also at the same time, happen. it all goes in the scouting department too and what mm-hmm. Arizona wanted to do and whatnot. True. Next game, though, as we're running out of time before we go to the next break, New Orleans Saints against Chicago Bears. You got the Bears with Tyler Parker. The Bears rigs the Bears on the other side. We got Peyton and Keith picking the Saints. I've been against the Saints the majority of the year. I've been for the Bears, but after the Bears lost last week, this with the Saints, it finally seems that Drew Brees is kind of turning around. Michael Thomas, even if he's out or even on the team, who knows what may happen, but the Saints look like they could beat the Bears Especially after the Bears lost, what was that, a Sunday night game or a Monday night game? They yeah, lost overall, though, so it was Monday night, I think, right? Yeah, Nagy did not – I don't think Nagy was very good with his play calling. Hopefully he doesn't make those mistakes again since I did take Chicago. But I always believe in Big D, Nick. <laughs> anyway, next game, the uh, 49ers against the Seattle Seahawks. Everybody picked the Seahawks except for Riggs with the 49ers. Riggs, why? That one, I don't know. 49ers, that, no, 49ers that, that's my every that's my any given Sunday game. 49ers had a really big uh bounce back win this week and I could see why you would pick them if you thought that way but you no, didn't but that, no, but that, I'm that, saying, that, that was that was though he Seattle, did say every that, given that, that's Sunday that's my any yeah. given Sunday game so any given Sunday cuz think about it, Seattle just they're no longer next to Pittsburgh as the most that's the undefeated team in the league so maybe that loss that they took could have maybe shook some type of confidence. It did it to Buffalo. Buffalo lost two straight. Exactly. So my any given that's my any given Sunday game. I see San Francisco winning. And then your Sunday night and Monday night games. We'll just hit these really quick. We all agreed with these, so these points are kind of garbage. Sunday night, you got Dallas versus Philadelphia. Philadelphia, everybody picked unanimously. Tampa Bay versus the New York Giants. Maybe that's a game that gets bumped from Monday night because Tom Brady is going to tear the Giants a new. We're gonna go to break. 
Bored in the house and I'm in the house board. Bored in the house and I'm in the house board. Why not play with your balls? Our sponsor today, Manscaped, is here to make sure your balls are smooth while you or your partner are playing with them. Manscaped promotes clean hygiene when it comes to shaving your balls thanks to their lawnmower 3.0. So a little side note, have you ever cut your balls while shaving them? I have and that is painful. I would not ever do that again and I would never shave my balls if it wasn't for Manscaped because once I started using Manscaped, I no longer had to worry about the bleeding anymore. Also, for any new subscribers, you end up getting replacement blades refilled for your lawnmower 3.0 trimmer delivered to your door every three months, making sure your trimmer always stays fresh and clean. And for a limited time, subscribers get not only one, but two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, which is a $39 value, and the high-patented, high-performance, anti-chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs. This is the perfect package for your perfect package. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code SPORTSWITHAZ at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped. And use the code SPORTS. Make playing with your balls the best part of your day. Thanks, Manscaped. Who's bringing this back? Riggs, you are since you asked. Okay, ready? We're ready now. Oh, welcome back to the <laughs> welcome back to the We Like Sports podcast with professional Parker Pierce. <laughs> Not professional Riggs. I was actually going to say that. That's funny as hell. And amateur Peyton Vince. Oh, man. We're not talking about my... Uh... Anyways, as we are back, we are talking Browns this last 30 uh, minutes or so, not seconds. Browns. Facebook Live has gone down, so otherwise, if you're watching from Facebook, welcome. If you're watching on Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, that's not there yet. I meant YouTube. But anyways, welcome. We're back talking NFL. Let's break down the Browns' last second mm. drive. And watch Riggs fell asleep. And woke up and saw this at the last second. Gets the Sunday off. Mayfield towards the end zone. It is caught. Was he in? Yes. Donovan Peoples-Jones. I looked at my cat like, what happened? <laughs> I'm dead serious. Mayfield taking his shot. And the, the rookies from Michigan State, correct? Michigan. Oh, Michigan. Woo. So and that's the type of play that, I, I mean, that you're going to see, I think, Baker Mayfield start to make throughout the year. I mean, in a, in a clutch situation, he's choosing to go to the guy who started the day as the fifth guy in the depth chart at the wide receiver position. Yeah. I guarantee you, if Odell's on the field, he's trying to force it to Odell somehow, some way in that situation. Yeah, absolutely. Again, going back to earlier with whatever, it was getting the ring, the tip off, whatever. It was just like he had tunnel vision to Odell Beckham Jr., and that's it. That's the only person Baker's looking for. This situation, whether – I mean, honestly, I think Donovan's Peoples-Jones was a really good call there overall. Just oh, because yeah. Because with that pass, honestly, at first, I didn't think he caught it. I was waiting for that to be picked. It was pretty close, but the fact that they ended up – that was a game-winning catch, which was the last time – when was the last time the Browns actually had a game-winning drive and left 11 seconds on the clock? In years yes. past, if you're a Browns fan, are you cringing with the fact that there's no timeouts? Yeah, no, that damn was... well, the Browns don't have time management when you have Freddie Kitchens, no, whoever it, it, it may be before In that situation, him. you know you're settling for the field goal and you're just hoping that Cody Parkey doesn't miss it. Mm. Which, would that have made a difference, too? Or was that he having to be a touchdown? No, it was. they were down by three. It was 34-31. to 31. And because it should have been 38-34, he missed the extra point. That's why it was 37-34. Gotcha. But, yeah, I mean, with the Browns, Donovan Peoples-Jones was a really good call there because, I mean, that was either going to go to one or two people, I think. With the game on the line, I feel like, for one, it shows good 
pretty much intentions that Baker trusts Jones for a game-winning catch, and you know or who, else he would go to Higgins. You know who he reminds me of? Why can't I think of his name, though? But the Browns signed him from Bo- Brashard Perrymore. Wow. Yep. That's reminds, also a name that they might be looking he, for, too. He, might, he reminds me of a Brashard Perrymore, and I... I thought Brashad was was a nice fit here in Cleveland for for that run in you know 2018. You know they had a nice little combination of receivers with Jarvis Landry, Rashard Higgins, you know, Brashard uh, Perrymore, mm-hmm. and I feel like they're kind of going back to that. You know, you got Landry and Higgins now; those are your you know your main guys. You still got you got you got a uh, Donovan Peoples Jones who reminds me of of Rashard Perryman, and then you, you're just I feel like you're so much more updated at the tight end position that there's so many places Baker can go through the ball with Kareem Hunt's excellent out of the backfield. I just think that he just had too much talent and he couldn't focus on the entire field and it was just throwing him off. And I'm I'm, I'm interested to see, you know, the, the type of numbers considering that the Browns were so run heavy in the first six games of the year. I'm really interested to see how they do in these next uh, nine. So here we go. So I mentioned earlier on in the show, we're just going to probably go with quick hitters with the rumored reports by our good friend from the Yacht Club on Monday nights, Sir Yacht himself. Sir Yacht. So you have a couple of interesting tidbits overall throughout the NFL, and I'm trying to go back to the first pretty much source update that he ended up having. Um, So... This was the talks that the Cowboys are in talks with the Dolphins for possibly Ryan Fitzpatrick. So you have that one. Quick thoughts? Yeah, no, that I, that Ryan Fitzpatrick should still definitely be a starter in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so somewhere. They're looking, again, the fuller version, they're trying to acquire either Ryan Fitzpatrick or Dwayne Haskins in a trade but won't go higher than a fourth-round pick. A.J. McCarron or Josh McCown are options being looked at as well. As long as Josh they get the A.J. McCarron trade in before the deadline. Oh, God. Oh, man. But don't be surprised if Dallas ends up getting call or calling the Saints for Jameis Winston. Um, they, they, they could. you Yeah, they, they do need another quarterback. The Saints were looking to trade Michael Thomas, and the Browns were very looking. They're very... Intrigued? They're very intrigued, and they also have the draft value to make the trade happen. You also have the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo would pretty much not be the answer with the 49ers long term, so they're possibly trying to get a trade with Matt Ryan to the 49ers. Wow. And also Shanahan doesn't all trust Garoppolo money? with the playbook. They signed him for all that damn money. Exactly. I'm signing you for that much money. I'm with you till the end, dude. I don't care if you crap the bed for three seasons. And but. even our producer, Tyler, ended up saying that with Ryan Fitzpatrick, that offensive line, Ryan Fitzpatrick, not a good fit. He's older. That's going to be bad news, especially with the fact that you saw what happened with Andy Dalton. Dak and Andy Dalton. Dak was on his own, though, because that was a scramble play. But well, Andy Randy Dalton, Dalton was on a oh, scramble. Yeah, he wasn't also. That a targeting hit? Yeah, my targeting hit, yeah. I watch football on occasion. Anyways, um, Suryat also mentioned, too, that the Browns are talking about possibly acquiring Adam Thielen. They have the cap space. They're trying to be very busy for the deadline, and they want to get defensive help for Miles Garrett and also getting a big-time wide receiver. Also, on top of that, there's talks that before Odell Beckham Jr. got hurt, they might end up trying to be in talks, and they're still going to try to possibly move him, too. But what the Vikings are wanting is at least two draft picks for Adam Thielen. Oh yeah, and he's gonna a guy I could see them going after outside of those guys. 
Uh, two guys, one offensively, one defensively. One would have to be a trade, and that's for wide receiver Kenny Stills from the Houston Texans. I yep. mean, the Houston Texans are, are dump, they're a dumpster fire this year. They traded away their best talent last year. I mean, I think they're going to rebuild and just hope that, you know, Deshaun Watson can be healthy for a year or two until they get some real talent around him. Mm-hmm. Kenny Stills is a guy I could see them going for, you know, you know, to trade for without giving up a whole lot. And then defensively, I mean, I know we talked about Haha Clinton Dix, you know, on Sunday, but the Carolina Panthers just released former first round pick and Ohio State Buckeye Eli Apple. Yep. I mean, you need help in the secondary in any way you yeah, can. Right. I mean, Eli Apple wouldn't be, you know, a terrible choice to go for, you know, in free agency right now. And also, too, Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, the Falcons are trying, they're shopping them around. What they're trying to do is see whatever is the best offer. Pretty much it sounds like the Falcons are doing what the Indians are doing with Francisco Lindor. Yeah. Pretty much blow me away with the deal and go from there. I feel like the Falcons, this is a period where they just need to hit a reset button, take it out back, bury it, dig it, bring it back up. Like these guys, like from the coaching staff to the janitor to the quarterback, everything on that team needs to change because that system and that regime, it's not working Matt Ryan is a good quarterback. I don't know if his time is past in the NFL or he just can't do it with another team. I believe Julio Jones is a great wide receiver. He's just on a bad team. Todd Gurley, great running back. You're just on a bad team. Yeah, I mean, the Falcons, you want to talk about the Falcons, you want to talk about the Texans. Those are two teams that need to pretty much sell what they have right now. But on top of that, though, too, with the... Rumors going on, J.J. Watt not being happy in Houston, shocker. Do you blame him? But our Parker and I, our good friend Derek Dillinger, um, he ended up suggesting that the Browns end up trading for J.J. Watt. Somehow, some way, you'd be facing off against your brother within the same division. Right. You have help for Miles Garrett. That would be a lot of fun to watch. That would be a lot of fun to watch. And I'm not just saying it's because somebody does commercials and they're good at marketing and advertising. Are you sure about that? I'm, posi- I'm positive. You, you watching too much Nickelodeon, some NFL <laughs> Play 60. Right, right. 60 minutes a day to be active. Listen, he was the kid that Play 60. He stayed inside and watched that thing go yep. on over and over again. He was waiting for TV to come back through. <laughs> Oh, my God, I remember that now. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. But with the Browns, though, breaking it down, J.J. Watt, obviously a good solution for him. What about the impact that, obviously, Odell Beckham Jr., you end up having him tear his ACL. Mm. Not only what impact does he leave the Browns with, and also at the same time, how much do you think that Odell knew his season was over with? Knowing the background that at halftime, Odell, ba- or Odell and Baker ended up having an exchange. Baker pretty much asked him if he's okay, what's going on, like heal up, blah, blah, blah. And Odell Beckham Jr. doesn't even hesitate and says, you go be great. That's it. Oh, yeah, I think right there he knew that the writing was on the wall right there. You can see it in the body language in Odell Beckham. This is how I take it as. He might be that person if he's getting his ass whooped in a video game and he's playing the computer by himself and it's not going his way and he knows he can come back and win. He might just quit and just hit the reset button. That's probably what he did. And, like, he listened to his mind and he listened to his body after that Cincinnati game. Like, you want to know what? It's week whatever. I can't. It's week week seven. I can't, you know, give these guys another few weeks. I I, I can't right now. Maybe this is the break that Odell needs to mature. I'm not saying mature a little bit, but just give us a different you. Maybe you shouldn't have. Maybe you shouldn't be a number one target. 
as a receiver. You know, like that because that's I mean, this, that's, this, a, that's a scheme that people are going to know. Oh, they're going to target Odell. This is also Odell's fourth significant injury since he entered the league. I mean, he was out 14 weeks with a broken ankle. He also had a hamstring tear. He's he's just had so many different sports leg. Yeah. He had so he's had so many different lower body injuries because a he's so fast and he's got those tiny legs and has a small body. He can run fast, but he gets caught up in those big boys, man, and yeah, his body just breaks. That's exactly what happened. He got caught up in those big boys, and it's just it looked like a bad car wreck for him. You yeah. know, just, I don't understand what he was doing, the way he was trying to even tackle him. Why are you jumping mm-hmm. in the air? Yeah, that, like, was, that was just the most I awkward yeah, looking. Appreciate play. the hustle, homie, but damn, it did not look right. It just did not look right whatsoever. So well, look right was Metcalf chasing after uh, DK Metcalf. Yeah, and we did. Oh God, that. <laughs> I love I love a bunch of those. My my favorite one was uh, uh, single moms on uh, a single moms and the uh, DK Metcalf is uh, Maury's TV for or Maury's cameraman chasing them. <laughs> wow. Or single moms that didn't you know? Oh my God. Yeah, the ones the, who just found out that they're the sl- that they're not the father. There are so many memes out there like. I hate the fact that you brought it up, but now I want to break it down through, like, what they all were. Uh, The Falcons with the lead, the fourth quarter. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, the Jets. 0.1% of germs. DK Metcalf, hand sanitizer. Go on (laughs) any sorts of social media or even Google. Just type up these memes what we're talking about right now. They're fun. They're They're fun. Give you something to laugh at. Even on Facebook, there's good NFL memes. Some of them are hurtful and rude, but they're funny. Pumpkin Spice. Anything, DK Metcalf, white girls this time of year. Nope. That's perfect. Uh, the Super Bowl, and then there's DK Metcalf running the other way, and it's the Cowboys. The Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> so completely avoiding them at all costs. But I guess question and then going into the next topic, do you guys see Odell Beckham Jr. with the Browns next season? No. If it does, if he is back with us next season, I believe that he is trade bait. The only the only way it happens is if the Browns absolutely crap the bed the rest of the year and it's almost like okay maybe Odell wasn't you know an issue, issue at all and it is Baker that's the only way but I think if Baker goes out leads this Browns team to an eleven win season and more somewhere around there commercials and yeah the progressive commercials man this year's are pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Bryce is loving him from what his, I heard. His wife is pissed right. at him. <laughs> it's because of the Cheesecake Factory. She doesn't open the door for him when he's got all the groceries and stuff. Cheesecake right. Factory, that's why. It all goes hand in hand. But anyways, with going on to the next topic with, I mean, there's so much complaints that once the Browns lost to the Steelers, there's always this thought that the Browns weren't 5-1. and one. They were more so, well, 5-2 and two at the time, but... Four and two, whatever. But anyways, there was more of a feeling that they were zero and six again, or whatever. They were in a losing season. But in reality, Kevin Stefanski, since nineteen ninety nine, remember his record right now is five and two. He has a better record right now than the Browns' final record, fourteen of twenty one times. You have winning seasons in two thousand two, two thousand seven. And yeah, yeah, that's that's about it for your winning seasons. And then for the five and two record, you have seven and nine seasons in two thousand one. You have seven and two thousand and five right now with six and ten because five wins. Two thousand fourteen was seven and nine. Yep. Two thousand eighteen seven eight and one, and then twenty nineteen six and two. 
But again, though, I mean, majority of again, your people are forgetting. I feel like that Kevin Stefanski is a rookie head coach, and he's probably the most successful head coach for the Browns. Yeah, he, he reminds so me of uh, Sean McVay, kind of, you know, or, or even like a Kyle Shanahan being a first-time coach. You know, it's that new offensive uh, offensive mind. You got to see how he does when he gets to make all the calls, and I think it's just so innovative, and he's just finding so many different ways to get the entire team involved. Yeah, that, especially with his trick plays, too. You mm-hmm. see a lot of... Yep. So with Odell Beckham Jr. out and specifically the trick plays going on, and you saw Jarvis on one hand, Odell on the other, with Odell Beckham Jr. being out for the season, what wide receiver do you could think you could see pull that same position of, like... It's Jarvis Landry. But Jarvis besides Landry's Jarvis, because you also Jarvis. Odell. Is There's there nobody else, else Nobody else you really need to do that with. I mean, honestly, you're going to do those jet sweeps with Jarvis every now and again, no matter what. So, mm-hmm. I mean... I just think, I just think you, with Odell, it's the big play or it's nothing, and that helps sometimes. But at the other time, that's what makes your quarterback struggle. So I think with the, I don't think Baker's going to struggle at all for the next several games, and I think he's going to really, really show you know that he is a better quarterback, and and the stats prove it. His completion percentage with Odell Beckham Jr. on the field is like 52, 55% in his career. Numbers don't lie. With, without no. Odell Beckham Jr. on the field, it's about 68%. So, again, speaking of the wide receivers, too, because this was kind of more so a question that was in my head before there was official statement that Odell Beckham Jr. tore his ACL and is out for the season. But do you think, especially now with the kind of playing time that Rashard Higgins ended up playing – do you think that he is worthy of being a one or two starter, wide, starting wide receiver? Why not? Any, anybody is, depending on the system they're playing. I mean, Higgins doesn't drop the ball very often. Correct. That's what you need. Mm-hmm. You need a guy who can run routes, who can run routes that are, you know, Higgins is good at sitting in the right area, and Baker knows exactly where Rashard Higgins is going to be at all times without even looking at him. He knows the city, he knows the fans, he knows the field, he knows the system, he knows the quarterback. Why not? Like, I believe we talked about this on the way here. Where the hell was Rashard Higgins at last year? Yeah. You know what I'm he saying? He was in the doghouse. He was in the doghouse, and I believe that's Hanging because... Hanging out with uh, Swagger. Right, and I believe that's because R&D. of... That's because of old Coach Kitchens was so excited about his new toys and Jarvis and Odell. He didn't care about Hollywood Higgins. You know, and... And I believe that can take the confidence away from a player, yeah. If 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 you and, let and it, no, if you let it. I'm not even saying that took the confidence away from Higgins. I think Higgins was, you know, obviously he prepared himself well enough that when he did get that opportunity again, he was going to perform, and he did. That 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 more more or less took away Baker Mayfield's, you know, confidence. You're taking away a guy who was his favorite target in 2018, 2019. He sees none of him. None. Yeah. And then Forgot he was even on the game it, team. It, it, it's like he got his blankie back. The thing is, Comfort. though, is that like we were talking about this in the car, like we mentioned, and I was kind of getting to this point. And I forgot about it for a minute, but it came back to me. If like obviously, like Rashard Higgins isn't your superstar wide receiver on paper. He isn't that fancy guy. He's not your Randy Moss to Tom Brady. He's more like your. Wes Welker, or Julian Edelman. Mm, Wes Welker, that if man. If they didn't mm. get opportunities. Would they even be known? That's exactly the point. You have to give opportunities to guys right. like Higgins and Peoples Jones because, again, Peoples Jones, 
made a name for himself in one game. Yeah. You have Richard Higgins that is making a name for himself after sitting on his ass for a whole entire season. You have to give opportunities to those unlikely guys. Hodges, if he ended up coming back, I think he's active for this game too. Hodges could, I don't think he should be the third wide receiver. You have other options, you miss time, next man up. You have other options, you have better statistical standpoints. They've proved that you're better in their amount of playing time in two or one game compared to Hodges' Three games this year. I'd still season. like to see Hodges get some get some touches. Get some reps in, yeah. Well, yeah, but like he should be in the position in which Higgins was in like 2018, like a three or four wide receiver. Yeah, yeah. Not yeah. starting. Well, I, I know Higgins is starting this week. Good, right? That's. But uh, but to Higgins, you know, once again, the piggyback off of out the piggyback off of any given Sunday, all it takes is that one crazy bastard on any given Sunday to have a good game, and the whole world's gonna know who you are. So. This is a producer topic. There you go. But this is a producer topic from Tyler. Obviously, going back to Ohio State and the Nebraska game, he said Luke, McCa- Luke McCaffrey of Nebraska looked a lot like Christian McCaffrey, and he's a quarterback. And you also had him playing quarterback, running back, kind of those combos. Do you think he ends up playing quarterback or switching to running back like older brother Christian? Or do you think Luke just ends up being quarterback and your mobile quarterback that's been the trend that you mentioned earlier on. Well, I mean, in college, it's fine if he's a quarterback. That's fine. I mean, reminds me a lot like a Denard Robinson. D- Denard Robinson did it. Braxton Miller made the switch over. Yep, Braxton. I mean, there's guys that can do it. Terrell Pryor made the switch. I mean, it all depends, uh, honestly, how well. I mean, you're at Nebraska. You, you don't really have a good shot at being, you know, a quarterback from Nebraska right now and being, you know, a draft pick in the NFL. It, it's just not very likely. I can't even tell you when the last one was. But you, you know, if you have the talent and you're just you're, you're being the quarterback because you're the best athlete on the field, the NFL will find a way to fit you into a system if you're that athletic and talented enough. I mean – you have, I want to say they did it again in Jacksonville, that they trans, they changed positions for the guys that are running back now, and that you see that happen a lot. You have guys like, like you mentioned, Braxton Miller that was kind of relevant for a little bit. Terrell Pryor was a relevant wide receiver. It seems that they peaked a little bit early, but once you change that position, that level of comfort, you could end up, especially the guys that play in high school, both sides of the ball. Once you find out that you're better at one end than the other, you have to end up figuring out which side it is and then mm-hmm. focus on that side of the ball, whether it's defense, offense, whatever. Play to your strengths and your weaknesses. Work exactly. to your strengths and your weaknesses, guys, everybody, seriously. So I guess on that note, anything Browns-related before we end up heading off the air and continuing on to Sunday's show at first stop? I had to figure out what day of the week it was. You better win this Sunday. Yeah, you better win so that Riggs can uh, get another loss in the Pick'em League. So, oh, son of a biscuit. <laughs> I wasn't even thinking for Pick'em. I was thinking as a fan. Damn. So MKC, again, I'm not saying her name, but she said coach of the Raiders, John Gruden on Miles Garrett, said he's got a factor about him. I wish we had Miles Garrett. That's... He changes the game. Every week he changes the game. He proves it every single week. I think the Steelers game was the only week he really didn't make that big of an impact. But he, he, he changes the game. I mean, he leads the league in strip sacks, I believe. Tied for – or one behind Donald, I think, for sacks total. 
I want to say he's leader of the league. From might, what I saw after last after last week's performance, he might be. But Joe Burrow must hate Miles Garrett. That's all I say. Yeah, I have to say, a bunch of the division has to hate Miles Garrett, especially Mason Rudolph. But anyways, before we end up going, no score predictions yet. We're going to end up diving into that on Sunday per usual before we end up heading off the airwaves from, what time is it, 11 until 12.45 at first stop? Yes, on sir. Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, Twitter, all that fun stuff. But let's break down Denzel Ward's, I guess, blocking scheme. So, Tyler, if you could end up picking that up off of the Twitter sphere, it is up there and it is cute. We just haven't gotten to it yet. But you have Denzel Ward adding a different element to his game. That's the way he worded it. And it looked like it was kind of a mistake. But if you pay attention to it close enough, it's a very smart defensive play. Real quick. Wasn't that sliding tackle? This was nice. Didn't uh, Terrence Butterfingers Mitchell drop an interception? During that game on Sunday, yes. oh, right yeah. in it, right in his yeah, balls, right, man. yeah, oh yeah. My God, it was literally stick him, stick him. Better be on those gloves, buddy, this Sunday. That looks so safe, and like but the professional. thing is, too, is that like it looks like it looks like it was an accident that went right. Oh no no! I mean no, but he knew it. Like the more and more you watch it, you know that that was part of his plan. It just looks so safe. And well, he knew and he had, can't bitch about that. He hit. knew he had to get in there as quick as possible, especially with the help coming from Sendejo, and you know he's gonna miss the tackle. Yeah, I'm crushed. tired of hearing that dude's last name all week. I've been hearing Sendejo. It's because he sucks, and that's why when it comes to the trade deadline, the Browns. That this is why the Browns need to improve at safety. Figure it out what you need to do, even if you end up picking up Eli Apple to Ohio State corners and then move maybe Terrence Mitchell to safety or have Carl Joseph or whoever. Break it down that way because the Browns do not need Sandejo. He's better off bagging groceries at Giant Eagle. All I know is should the Browns mm-hmm. have Sandejo, send a no. Ooh. Send him away. <laughs> no, his was better. <laughs> you just find a way to ruin wow. absolutely everything. I Thank you, you for watching Hold the on. We Like Sports Hold Podcast. On. Hold on. Hold on. Okay, before we go. Cut it, Tyler. No, don't do it. Cut it, Tyler. On Apple, Anchor, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, 9 a.m. Thursday morning. Happy Park Halloween. I Happy love Halloween. you. Happy Halloween. Be safe. Catch you Sunday. Scorpio season.